interesting case you didn't know this, you can't help who you are attracted to and who you're not attracted to. Just because you're in a long-term relationship or you get married, that doesn't mean you stop being attracted to people. That is a myth and no one talks about this. I think attraction is one of the most powerless feelings because you have no control over it. You can't choose when it happens or when it doesn't happen. So I'm here to say, I have a crush on someone that's not my husband. And I wanna talk about it because I personally don't have shame over it because I can't help it. Like if I could help it, sure, I, I wouldn't have this crush. But I'm not embarrassed about it because I can't help it. And honestly, this messiness of being human is just kind of endearing to me. I love these aspects of humanness that we can't control. It's just, we all have these parts of us and we don't talk about it. I'm here to talk about it. And yes, my husband knows everything I'm gonna say because I talk about it with him because I'm not embarrassed about it. I can't help that I don't feel embarrassed. It's just my personality, which is why I'm doing this podcast because I love talking about topics people normally have shame and embarrassment about and I usually don't so I'm here to talk about it there's probably portions where you might feel embarrassed for me just know that I'm not embarrassed so you don't have to feel embarrassed for me so my story goes this guy I'm attracted to he's clueless he's clueless about the impact he's had on my life and it's kind of great that way right But because he walked into my life, I've gained so much inner awareness of myself and it makes me so happy and and grateful. It all started when I noticed that I deeply care what I looked like around him. I needed to wear makeup. If I was caught off guard and I wasn't wearing makeup and I had a zit showing, I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. So my first clue that something weird was happening was that I deeply, deeply cared what I was wearing, what I looked like, whether I was wearing makeup. Like normally I love myself without makeup, but if I'm around this guy, I need to be wearing makeup. The second clue was that I sent him a basic message. Like it was nothing abnormal, weird. But what I experienced was that I couldn't live my life until he responded to my message. Like I became neurotic. I kept staring at my phone. I couldn't leave my phone. I couldn't live my life. I literally sent him a message and I felt like I couldn't live my life for those 30 minutes. I was in my head. I was so nervous. I was like clammy. I was like, what is this feeling? What is this sensation? It felt like I sent my entire self-worth over to him when I sent the message. And I was waiting for him to validate who I was. I was, if he, if he responded, I'd be like, okay, okay, I'm worthy. Okay, I'm validated. But if he ghosted me, if he ignored me, I would have crumbled. I learned so much that day. The first thing I learned was, thank God I'm not single. Like I would be the most crazy neurotic single person because I would feel like every person that I liked, every time I messaged them, that my self-worth would just be in their hands. Like, oh, here's my self-worth either validate it or crush it. Ugh, that was the first thing I learned. The second thing I learned was that I really didn't have the confidence and the self-worth level that I thought I had because I couldn't even handle sending one message to this one person. 
The other thing I learned was that now sending a message was a boundary. Because of what I experienced, and thank God I sent him a message because I learned so much about myself and the the real truth to my self-confidence. Thank God I sent him a message because I learned that. But now my new boundary was, okay, wow, I can't be sending him messages because I'm going to be needing his validation every freaking day. Ultimately, anytime I was around him, I just turned up my self-awareness notch like 1000%. And I was very aware of the voice in my head, my feelings, my thoughts. Like listen to the first time he complimented me, this story. So he compliments me on something with my appearance. And like I felt like the heavens parted and the angels sang because I was validated. Like that was the first time he validated me in some little way. And it meant the world to me. And of course I played it cool. Like when you like someone, you just kind of play it cool. But inside I was freaking out. This is all I've ever wanted from him was just this little bit of validation. I know it meant the world to me because I remember where I was. I remember what I was wearing. I remember everything about that moment because the world stopped for me. So now I'm aware I clearly am so attracted to this person because of the time I sent him a message and then how I felt when he complimented me. So all of this clued me in on hmm, something major is happening with me. And all along, like I'm learning so much about myself and I'm so grateful for his role he's playing in my life because I'm learning things I wouldn't have normally learned. This is his role in my life and it's freaking amazing and he is clueless. So I'm learning, hmm, okay, I don't have as much confidence and self-worth that I really thought I had. Like up until this point, I thought I was kind of golden in that area. So not the case. Like the story I told myself that I have confidence. I've always made the first move with guys. That's a story I've been playing in my head for years. And I just learned it's not true. Like from this guy, I learned it's not true. I am like at base level one of self-confidence. So then I go to my therapist. I'm like, help me. What am I feeling? Why does my mind feel like it's neurotic and I'm a crazy person? Why do I care what this one guy thinks of me? Help me. And she basically tells me, Leah, you have a hole in your self-love bucket. No matter what anyone does, no matter what a guy says or does for you, your bucket will never be filled because there's a hole in it. And the journey is patching that hole, but no one can do it for you. It's an inner work job only, only you can patch that hole. So she tells me that she wants me to inner reflect on my confidence story. You know, I thought I had confidence, you know, my whole life. I would always make the first move with a guy. But now I know that confidence story isn't real. That story in my head's not real. And this one guy I have this crush on right now taught me this. This also goes to show how perfect every person in your life They play a perfect role just for you. So I self-reflected for many months about my confidence story, about my self-worth, all of that. I did a lot of deep thinking and then one day, I got it. I realized that all the times that I made the first move with a guy, 
which I thought was because of confidence or other people thought I had confidence because I was kind of ballsy like that. It wasn't that I was confident. It's because I had no confidence that I would ask this guy, hope to God he says yes, because then that was my source of confidence. I would use his yes as the fuel for my self-worth. So I 100% use men to gain my self-confidence, which doesn't sound earth shattering. That sounds like, oh yeah, that sounds normal. It is normal, but it's not okay. And the fact that it took me 32 years to actually understand my process. My process was to get a guy to say yes to me so that it would be my fuel for self-confidence, but then it wasn't enough. He had to say yes to a second date. He had to say yes to a third date. Then he had to make me his girlfriend. It was never enough. So then how this plays out in a long-term relationship or marriage is that no matter what your partner does, it's not enough. He could be doing five amazing things, but in your mind, he's not doing the other 15 you want of him. So your partner could say, you're beautiful for every day for the rest of your life, and it's not enough. Nothing is ever enough when you have a hole in your bucket. So this is my story. I've learned so much about myself just because I find this guy attractive. Or no, I'm attracted to him. I think there's a big difference between being like, oh yeah, that person's attractive and being attracted. When you are fully attracted to someone, you change how you look, how you act, what you say, because you want to impress them so badly. So my first piece of advice, if you have a crush on someone that's not your partner, is that you have to turn your self-awareness level up 1000%. You have to be aware of your inner child, your ego, and what it's thinking, what it's feeling, what it wants from this other person, um, what it wants this other person to say to you, validate to you. You have to be self-aware. That's the first step. You have to watch every thought, every feeling, Every action you take around this person, if you're around them, like sometimes crushes happen in the workplace and you can't control not seeing them technically. So you just have to live with it. And that's something I'm doing. I see this person. I just have to live with it because I can't, I can't turn my attraction down. It's not something I can control, but I can control my actions. And that's what I want to drive home on this podcast is it's normal and natural to have a crush on someone that's not your partner. It's natural to find people attractive. That is your humanness. We can't control who we're attracted to, but we can control our actions, our reactions, our communication. So my advice to anyone that has a crush on someone that's not their partner is you have to become very self-aware. You have to start being an observer of your thoughts, your feelings, everything that's going on internally. That's your job. And then the second thing is you have to make your own boundaries. You cannot play with fire. Playing with fire, in my opinion, and I think everyone has their own boundaries, you have to talk about your boundaries with your partner. That's a conversation you both have to have. People have to be on the same page. Is it okay to hang out with someone of the opposite sex alone? Like your friends. Is that okay? I don't think so. That's my boundary. If it's a new friend that I don't know, no, we're meeting them and getting to know them together. But if it's a childhood friend, of course, 
there's history there. There's a past there. I do not think it's okay for my husband to have a new friend that's a female that I don't know. That is not okay with me and that is my boundary. So in my opinion, playing with fire is meeting a new friend of the opposite sex that your partner doesn't know, hanging out with them alone, and you're at least a little bit attracted to them. That is not okay for me. That's playing with fire. You are just asking lines to be crossed. But each couple and each person has their own boundaries. So since that's my boundary, of course, I've never hung out with this guy that I have a crush on alone. I will never do that. There is no point. Like the only thing that would come from that is greater intimacy. And I'm not even talking any physical anything going on. I'm saying communication, what we talk about. Like another boundary is if you're in a relationship and you're married and you have like a coworker that's of the opposite sex that you talk about your relationship to, that's intimacy. That is my boundary. That is not okay. So the easiest way to deal with situations, like say you're attracted to someone at work, I personally don't think you should hang out with them alone at work or in any capacity alone. If it's in a group setting, I mean, go for it. But have boundaries about what you talk about. You can't talk about your relationship with this person you have a crush on because that is intimacy. These are boundaries you have to get so crystal clear on. You have to talk about these boundaries with your partner. You have to be on the same page. This is what communication is. You have to get crystal clear on what is okay and what's not okay. Like I message some you know, mutual married men on Instagram, but it's the intention behind the message. Any message that I send to someone married is so innocent. And I know my intentions. If I want to send a message that's not innocent, I'm self-aware enough to know and not send it. This sounds like elementary level boundaries, but it's not. Instagram is a huge source of boundary crossing. I would guess maybe seven out of 10 females would admit they've had, okay, seven out of 10, hmm, six out of 10 maybe females would admit to having some type of issue with their partner on Instagram. This is where the boundaries are right now in this day and age. Ask your partner, ask them what they think acceptable behavior is on Instagram. Are you allowed to message men, married men? Does it just depend on the content? Are they allowed to follow females? Are they allowed to look at females, message females? What are your boundaries? You can't just expect everyone to understand your unspoken boundaries. Personally, my boundaries on Instagram are the intentionality and the content if my husband messages a female. Like, I know I message males that are married that are 100% innocent, and that is 100% okay and fine. And so it's 100% okay and fine if he does that to females. He can even look at females Instagram feeds, you know, those, you know, very vivacious females that are everywhere. I think that's okay. That's his humanness. Like, I have no problem with that. And that's okay if you're not okay with that. But internally, how I feel, I could never stop him from doing that. If he wants to do that, go for it. 
But if he messages one with very questionable intentions, that's the line for me. You have to find your line. Your partner has to find their line and you have to talk about it and get on the same page. This is so common in the workplace because you can't help who you work with. You are going to work with people of the opposite sex and you're going to be attracted to them sometimes. You can't help it. It is life. But radical honesty and self-awareness is crucial. If you're honest with yourself and you know you feel really warm and fuzzy around them, you love the attention they give you, or you know you constantly want to impress them and look good for them, you have to face those facts because if you don't, you will unconsciously put yourself in risky situations and keep telling yourself, we're just friends, like justifying, we're just friends. But if you feel any need to hide anything about this workplace friendship with your partner, that is a sign. Wanting to keep any little thing a secret is a huge red flag because if you keep a secret, you know internally, if you're honest with yourself, that you crossed some type of boundary. And you just, you tell yourself like, I didn't kiss them, you know, we didn't touch. But if you hide any little thing from your partner, you know you crossed a boundary. So if your partner, or if you have like a workplace crush, I think a really important question is to ask yourself, why do I feel like I need this friendship? What does this friendship give to me? What is its benefit? Why do I want this friendship so badly? The point of all of this is you can't cross boundaries if you are self-aware. And if you do, you are consciously crossing boundaries. And that's a whole other podcast. But this is where I'm at. I have this crush and I just have to sit here and witness and watch my ego want all of these certain things from him but it's going nowhere and it will go nowhere because I know what I want from him. I want his attention, I want his validation and I want him to fill up my bucket of confidence because I don't wanna do it myself. So I want a cheap, easy fix to gain my confidence from a man. This is how little innocent crushes turn into affairs because we're seeking emotional needs emotional wants unconsciously. But once we become aware of these needs, these desires, these wants, it doesn't have power over us anymore. Even if I was dumb enough to leave my husband for this guy, the pattern would start again because I'm the common denominator. Life would be magical for a few months, that newlywed bliss. But then after a few months, real life would set in. Because whatever he's putting into my confidence bucket on a daily basis will not be enough. Because no matter who I'm with, whatever Joe Schmo on the street I'm with, I'm the common denominator and I bring my bucket with a hole in it to every single relationship. There will be a hole in my bucket until I start the work of repatching it. And that's something only I can do. No other person on the planet can do it for me.